My name's Alison Zalowski. I'm the category director for the performance category in the Ladies' Association of Barbershop Singers. And I'm Paul Davis. I'm the assistant category director of the music category in BABS, the British Association of Barbershop Singers. I'm also in the British Association of Barbershop Singers. I'm Mike Taylor and I'm the singing category director for BABS. Thanks very much to all three of you for joining me this afternoon. Can I just begin by asking you a very general question? What, what has been going on this weekend? This is a joint seminar where the ladies' judges judging category and the men's judging category all get together. We do that once a year in the February um, half term and we bring all our judges together to discuss performances, to look at um, how we're judging and to just have really uh, meaningful discussions about the future and the, and the way that Barbershop is, is moving in the UK. And, and as for judging, I mean, you, it's a sort of training session I gather from that. What sort of training do you all get? How do you become a judge? You become a judge by showing an interest in it, obviously, and uh, certainly there are other people who uh, the, the judging movement would like to have in one of or other of the categories who we might invite to come to one of our seminars so they get a toe in the water. And then generally um, it's three years training um, by principally coming to seminars like these, which, as Alison said, we have twice a year, um, after three years, all going well, they will qualify as a judge. They will have scored a lot of competitions, shadow scoring, so their marks are compared with the live panel. And subject to them being in kilter with everybody else and getting to understand the subject that they have been studying, they will become full-blown judges. Yes. So three years, it's quite intensive, isn't it? Uh, it is <clears> quite <throat> intensive, but it's not all that there is to it either. I think uh, you know anybody who wants to become a judge, uh, they, as, as Paul says, have to have uh, a lot of interest in, in the subject, and they have to bring their lifetime's experience to being a judge. It's not somebody who can walk in the door and, and just pick up the book and, and start listening and go, well, I think this is, this is better than this. There's, there's, there's that uh, comparison to what you uh, have in your of your mind from uh, your years of experience listening to and being involved in barbershop so that's how you become a judge I think it's fairly clear why people sing they love the sound that they make with their chorus or their quartet it's fairly clear why people become musical directors they have a feel for songs they want them to be presented and sung in the best possible way Alison why did you want to become a judge I have a passion for education in barbershop and a passion particularly for performance and um, there's nothing more rewarding than coaching a chorus or a quartet and and being able to be the person who can just tweak that one aspect of their performance or a particular aspect of the way that they're singing a song and then to have that song really come alive for the performers but also more importantly for the audience and the satisfaction you get from being able to do that and bring in your knowledge and your life experience to to helping people to improve to get better and ultimately for them to get more satisfaction out of their hobby as well it, it's very rewarding and you uh, look after performance don't you that's, that's what you it want. yeah yeah it's all about so what, what are you looking for so in performance we're, we're looking holistically at, um, at how you deliver a barbershop song or how you deliver any song really and bring that song alive to the audience. We're looking at vocal aspects, so we encompass some elements of singing. Um, we're looking at the visual aspects, so about how you present yourself, how you use your faces and bodies to energise yourself through the performance and, and holistically how you move the audience to feel about that song what you feel about that song so how you can actually take your audience on a journey with you and help them to get a really satisfying experience out of out of your music making 
And Paul and Mike, you look after music and singing respectively. <coughs> what, what do you add to that? What we add to it? Yeah, in, oh, in your goodness. categories, yes. Yes, well, in the music category, I mean, we're principally responsible um, for judging the, would you believe, the musicality of the performance, and in particular for its suitability to the barbershop style. And the style does have quite distinctive characteristics uh, uh, about it that um, all, the, all the categories are judging to some extent. Music looks very much at the musical theory behind it all and the musical effects that the performer is creating on stage. You'd think that singing would be pretty obvious, but there must be more to it than, than, than immediately meets the eye. No, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? You know, <laughs> and I, you, uh, coming to singing last, it's definitely sort of uh, foremost. It's a singing hobby, and, and, and we're very interested uh, in the singing category and uh, how people make artistic choices about how they sing in, in the barbershop style. So we're looking for things like, you know, are they singing in tune? Are they singing as a unit? Are they singing with appropriate vocal quality? And you add those things together, and you get the magic in barbershop, which is the expansion of sound and the expansion quality which is that ringing quality that it's not unique to barbershop but it's it's really the essence of barbershop and and finally we look at how that comes together and how people use vocal expression to put the whole thing together as a singing artistic unit and that's what we're looking for in the singing category i guess the question that every chorus every quartet will want answered is when they go onto that stage when they step on and and they're, they're, they're eyeballing you and you're eyeballing them what are the first things you're looking for in the first two or three bars that will really make a quartet or a chorus stand out? Well, it's, uh, it's a very good question. And, and indeed, uh, for, for Alison, you know, it begins even <clears> before <throat> they open their mouths. And, you know, but for us, too, we're looking for them to come on stage uh, with confidence and to, to show that they want to deliver a successful, uh, artistic, uh, well-sung performance. But if they come on and, and, and show us that they're not confident in what they're going to do, we can sometimes put down a pretty good guess of what they're going to score before they open their mouths. <coughs> Alison. Very true. Um, in those few moments when you step onto stage, it's your opportunity to establish a rapport with your audience straight away. And the audience is very canny at knowing whether you are coming on timidly and apologetically compared to people who are confident and competent in what they're doing and they're coming on to entertain you with something that is polished and competent and is going to be truly enjoyable. And as Mike says, we can judge that very very quickly within the first uh, impression that they make on you as they come onto the stage and the way that they stand um, and then the first few bars of music that they sing. And how easy is it to be objective I wonder because I'm just wondering if you if a chorus comes on and you say well I've seen this lot over the past four or five years middle order middle ranking probably a middling performance can you put all that to the back of your mind when they take the stage each time? A judge who's very much more experienced than me once said, no, actually, you can't. You bring your expectations to the stage. What we're looking for is, um, is to have our expectations um, fulfilled or smashed, depending on what they might be. But we do make a very great um, effort to judge the performance as seen. And, and that's part of the kind of training within the judging community is to, is to develop that analytical side of your brain and that objective side of your brain that says you're, you're viewing a performance with a fresh eye notwithstanding the fact that, as Mike has already said, you do bring your lifetime of experience to the judging table with you when you view any performance. Paul? Yes, there's, there's no denying that uh, what's called the halo effect does exist. If you have an outstandingly good group with a terrific uh, history to them, yes, one's expectations are high. But as Alison says, our training revolves around 
starting from scratch and judging what we see and giving a mark to the performance as it happened on the day in the air. We're now coming up to 2016. Mm. You're all experienced judges. How different is what you're doing now to what the original preservers of Barbershop in the United States would have done 75, nearly 80 years ago? Would, would they recognise your, your style of judging? Would they still be judging on the same criteria? Well, probably not. Um, going back many years, uh, someone found an old score, uh, a scoring sheet that has one uh, entry in it which uh, requires someone to time um, the number of seconds that a quartet was smiling on stage and to deduct two marks for every second over whatever it was, 20, when they weren't smiling. Um, How these things happen, I don't know. They were probably just a sort of offshoot of the way things were done in the the day that someone actually tried to reduce to a set of rules. It has developed enormously since then and continues to do so to the point where today we in the music category, which is rather famous for, for dishing out penalty scores and, and negatives, don't issue any penalties at all now. Well, we do. We, have, we can issue penalties for two things. One is musical accompaniment. So that's, that's still a no-no? It's still a no-no because it is one of the absolute prerequisites of <clears throat> barbershop, which is an a cappella style of singing, unaccompanied. So if someone comes on with an accordion or a guitar, it's not unaccompanied anymore. So that might incur a penalty. And the other penalty we can award is, is um, singing the same song twice <laughs> in competition. <laughs> you're... you're, you're, you're um, Alison, you're... Uh, Category is actually changing this year, isn't it? Uh, changing from uh, the name presentation, which was mm. very much more focused on the performer and how the performer presents a song, um, and changing its name to the performance category, which, to my mind, is very much more about the impact of that performance on the audience. So a much more outward-looking um, and holistic approach to how we put together our music and our presentations to actually focus on the impact on the audience and the performance on the day. Does that mean that you'll be paying less attention then to the smiley faces and the flamboyant moves in future? It means that we will be paying more attention to people who are able to produce an authentic and much more natural presentation or performance of the music that is recognisable by any musicians from any genre rather than appealing particularly to a barbershop audience who are used to a particular style of presentation. So what's driving the change? Um, it's very much an evolution that's been going on for many years. I'm going back to 2010 when the, the category school in the United States focused on the art of performance and encouraged us to look more widely at performances from different genres. And that's been an evolution that's been happening. We've been driving that in the UK um, since then and, and looking for much more holistic, natural performances. And, and hopefully within 2016, the BHS will be uh, implementing the new change in the fall season of contests and we will be very, very close behind them. There is 
a feeling, there is a sense among a lot of choruses and a lot of quartets that the overall standard of singing, the overall standard of barbershop in this country is improving. Is, is that the case? Um, I think it is. You know, we, we look at, and, and as, as the style is also developing, as, uh, as Paul said, you know, we, we, we continue to see this evolution as the years go by. And uh, what's rewarded now in terms of singing uh, is something that might not have been so rewarded uh, 10 or 20 years ago, but akin to what Alison was saying about uh, bringing more worldly thoughts to how we do our performances. We want to see less things which are focused on how barbershoppers sing and more about how anybody sings well and, and looking to reward that. So, you know, really good singing uh, is, is rewarded when it comes into barbershop rather than barbershop singing being rewarded as its own, uh, in its own way. And as the standard rises, does that mean you're having to mark differently, perhaps more stringently? Because otherwise, there'd come a point where people start reaching 100%. Well, that's a very good question, because, uh, you know, it, it's certainly true that uh, in terms of the international standard, the highest scores, uh, choruses and quartets in the world uh, are reaching to the point where, where they're hitting that ceiling. And I reflect back to the, the 70s and 80s in the world of gymnastics when they started awarding 10s and the, the question of where do you go from there? Um, and, and it's a good one. We haven't had to hit that one yet. And certainly you know this, the performances we get to in this country we're, we're delighted to have uh, still room for growth at the top end of our score sheets but are we calibrating uh, differently each year well I think I think we're looking at it all the time and saying are we in tune with each other and are we are we establishing a common scoring system which gives the right reward for any performance at any time uh, and we'll see that continue to develop and we keep our finger on the pulse of how well we're doing with that I know that you've got things to do this afternoon and you'll be anxious to get on with them but just one final Final question, and, and it's uh, for each of you. Is there a moment that's been particularly rewarding for you as a judge where you've thought, this is really worthwhile? Oh, we get them all the time. The most rewarding moments, and there are many, is, is, is being invited to coach groups, applying uh, the skills one has, has learned to help quartets and choruses improve, and then to see them uh, actually do that, to see them on the competition stage or in a concert so much better than they were a year ago. It's hugely satisfying. Yeah, I think I would agree with Paul entirely on that. It's, uh, it's the most rewarding aspect of what I do is when I'm able to coach choruses and actually see little light bulbs pop in over their own heads as they start to mm. really understand and really take on board the ideas that we, you know, that we have an impact on how we perform to our audience and we can make our audience feel in a certain way by the way we behave. And, and by developing those skills in a, in a chorus, it's, it's really very rewarding to see them then taking that further forward when they come to competition. I like it. I just like sitting in the best seat in the house, frankly. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a great place to be. Uh, but it's also a, an honour to, to be a judge and to be given that responsibility to, uh, you know, a lot of people put ever such a lot of work into the hobby. And when you sort of look at them perform for six minutes, it's not six minutes you're judging there. It's, it's at least uh, 12 months, if not longer, to, for them to have arrived at that point. Uh, and, and really the honour of being, being the one who gets to <coughs> assess that on the day is, is, is great, so I, I love it every time I do it. There's also a lot of satisfaction in being part of this whole judging movement because I, I think it's fair to say we are way ahead of most other mu musical uh, organisations in terms of its uh, uh, training in, in the techniques of judging. 
and quite often we, you know, we find ourselves sitting with classical musicians who are absolutely staggered by the degree of analysis we apply to our performances. 